Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I wanted to make sure that you were aware of how valuable you are to us and me here at Successful Diligence as a listener of the podcast. It means so much that you allow me to provide value through the podcast and that you listen and you show up and you invest your time. It means the world to me and I so appreciate it. One way that you can show your appreciation for the podcast, if you've gotten any value from anything we've ever said um, in Sode, is you can support us financially so that we can continue to provide the value that you've come to know from the Successful Diligence podcast. And it can be literally less than a cup of coffee a day, 99 cents per month. That's less than a dollar per month, all the way up to five, ten dollars, however much you want to give. But as little as a dollar, less than a dollar, 99 cents, that would make such a difference to us. You can go to the show notes and you can click the link where listener support is highlighted. Um, There's different links in the show notes. Or you can go to anchor.fm backslash successful diligence backslash support and you can sign up there and literally it's one time per month 99 cents less than a cup of coffee and yet you would be having an impact on supporting this podcast to bring more value reach more people to have a greater impact in the world and we appreciate in advance any support that you're able to provide again anchor.fm slash successful diligence slash support or you can click the link in the show notes and show your support financially we appreciate it and we thank you in advance today is an episode that you may want to break out your journal or your notepad and take some notes if you are interested in healthy relationships and healthy boundaries and healthy patterns and relating and getting rid of limiting beliefs and tapping into self-love, today's episode is for you. I am so excited that I was able to interview Shannon Korn, who is a licensed clinical therapist and relationship coach. And she, I love her style because she describes her style as radical honesty with her clients. And I love that phrase, radical honesty. And she will help you develop healthy relationships and also figure out why your relationship is not working and help you get to the bottom of it. And she shares a lot of her wisdom and knowledge in this episode. And it's it's such a good one. So break out your journal and have a listen And let us know what you think, successfuldiligence.com slash contact to send an email. Click the link in the show notes to send a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so excited today. I have a very special guest and I'm going to read just a real short bio because I want to get to the good stuff um, that she has to offer us. So with me today is Shannon Korn and she is a clinical therapist and a relationship coach and she's had years of experience 
So I'm really excited to get her insight and wisdom. And she works with both individuals and with couples, which are two different dynamics, which tells me that she's very skilled. <laughs> and her specialty is helping her clients with their relationships, um, obviously being a relationship coach, that makes sense, but also with their own self-love self and breaking patterns um, and limiting self-beliefs and other things that are sort of inhibiting healthy relationships. And she offers one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as she's got a Facebook page and she's got some other good. Um, coming down the pike that she'll talk about. And I'm just so excited to get into our content today. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I am excited to have you. So my listeners are not familiar with you. So tell us who you are, what you do, and sort of how you got into the work that you do. Sure. So I have a master's degree in social work and I have worked in private practice for several years as a therapist. Um, and initially I, you know, I did kind of the therapist thing where I saw people who had, you know, depression, anxiety, kind of the, just the gamut of mental health conditions. But the thing that really lit me up was I love working with couples and I really love working with women who, you know, are come, have come out of some really bad relationships and have kind of taken a beating with their confidence and just building them back up seeing them bloom, seeing them really own their worth and their power, loving themselves and just, and then being able to move on from, you know, his, like a history of just bad relationship after bad relationship and being able then to find like meaningful connection and relationships that are satisfying and really give them the love that they deserve. That is amazing work. Number one, shout out to a fellow MSW because I too have my master's in social work. So I, I love that, um, that you're actually um, certified and clinically skilled and have the education to back up the experience. I always love that. Um, and I know that it's such a rewarding experience to see other people sort of, like you said, bloom and come into their own. What do you think sort of, when, when your clients come to you, and you see them in, I don't know if they're in that broken phase or in that, that phase of the beginning of their journey, what are some things that you hear from them sort of like to start? Oh my gosh, that's an amazing question. I, you know, and it's funny because I don't ever want to like minimize anything that a client says, but I, I tend to hear the same kinds of things over and over again. You know, I hear things like, all I ever do is date cheat, like every man I date cheats on me or... I only date emotionally unavailable men or, you know, it, there's, there's some pattern that they recognize there's a pattern, but they don't recognize that they're kind of creating that pattern a little bit, if you will. Like they don't, when they usually, when they start to see me, when they first come to see me, like there's definitely some disconnect around the idea that you know, not every man is, un is emotionally unavailable or a cheater or just like an awful guy. Like I've been married 25 years. My husband's great. Like they're out there, but you know, that the things that we believe about relationships, the things that we believe about ourselves, our experiences in previous relationships, even going back to like our family of origin, like what we witnessed like our parents' relationships or, or things like that, all of that affects, like we bring all of that into our current relationships. And so 
yeah, maybe you've had a bad run and you've had a bunch of cheaters, but you have there you have there has to be a moment of like, what is my piece in this? Like, why is this happening to me over and over again? Like, what am I missing? So for a lot of the early work is really highlighting what are they missing? Like, are there those red flags that they just, you know, ignoring? As women, I feel like we tend to make excuses for other people. You know, we have a hard time setting boundaries. Like that can feel very uncomfortable. And as a result of all of that, like we tend to tolerate things in relationships that like we don't satisfy us and don't make us happy. And if we had to live with those things for the rest of our life, we would not be satisfied. So right. it's really being kind of self-aware, like what am I, what am I missing? What am I allowing into my life? Yeah. And I, you know, you, you said a mouthful, so I want to unpack a lot of what you just said, because you, yeah. it was, it was such depth to it. But, you know, I was just thinking that, and I'm, I'm married as well for 13 years, but when I um, decided that I wanted to be married, I had to begin to become aware of the patterns and the, the, the uh, limiting beliefs and what I was contributing, which is hard to admit because you don't want to think that you're contributing to a mess <laughs> or contributing to something that is hurting you or that you don't really want. But that is a key. Like when you can finally admit and tell the truth that, you know what, I may be putting that out there and that's what I'm attracting because of my lack of boundaries or because of the way I feel about myself. That's how I'm presenting, you know, to the world and attracting that type of person. And um, it's a lot. So how do, you, how do you deal with like the resistance of people who have a hard time even just doing that, like that telling the truth and, oh, that's not me. It's them. It's everybody else. Like, how do you, how do you help people to accept that without judgment? Yeah. And that and right there, that's key what you said, without judgment, because that's really where it starts. And it's 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 acknowledging that a lot of that behavior that you know that women kind of kind of create, it comes from previous trauma. And you know, when people when you say trauma, people immediately think like horrific trauma, but like there can be smaller traumas that still really affect the way that we view ourselves and the way we see ourselves in the scope of a relationship. So part of it is just really unconditional acceptance of the person where they're at and letting them know that while it feels like they're a victim to these situations that they actually have power. So for a lot of women, that is a hard concept to kind of grasp initially, but when they do, they actually get really excited because there's nothing worse in my opinion, than feeling powerless to change my situation if I'm not happy. So these women are deeply unhappy and they just don't realize that they can make conscious decisions to change what's happening to them, that they aren't really powerless, they don't have to be victims, and that there's no judgment. Like we all we all have to learn these lessons. And some of us learn that learn it early. Some of us go our whole life trying to learn these lessons that we don't, you know, we never grasp it because we don't have the right support or we don't make the right connections with people. So there's no judgment around it. And, and that's really, and I, you know, and I'm very much a no BS kind of therapist and coach. So not everybody, like, I am not everybody's cup of tea, like, and that's fine, right? Like you find your tribe. Um, so I, 
really practice radical honesty with my clients too. Like I will support you and love you and help you work through this, but I'm also not going to lie to you. So if you aren't- I love that. Radical your, honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Radical like if you're not owning radical. it, I'm going to very gently, but I'm going to call you on that because that's my job is to help you see the things that are currently blind spots for you. Yeah. But I mean, in that radical honesty, what you're doing is providing accountability for them, which yeah. is needed, especially for a healthy relationship. You have to be accountable, but you're also sort of mirroring for them the empowerment of the choice that they have, which I know I took a long time to tap into that empowerment piece and wow, I really do have a choice and I can choose different and I can get a different outcome. That's a, it's a journey in and of itself. But um, I love that radical honesty. I'm going to use that because <laughs> <laughs> I love that because it it's it's so empowering when you can finally tell the truth, you know, not have the judgment, have the support of a coach like yourself to sort of hold that space for you to remind you not to judge yourself and to remind you that you are worthy and you are empowered and you can choose. So I love that. Um, how do you help the women? and or men, I don't know if you also treat men, but I know it's, a, it's mostly women, but how do you help them to identify what it is that they really want that's different from what they have been choosing? Like, how do you, because I know when I started dating, after I decided I wanted to get married, I didn't even have a clue about what I wanted, because all I knew was the, the unhealthy and self-sabotaging, you know, types of men. So I had to figure out, well, what do I even what should I want? Who should I want? How do I figure that out? So how do you help your, your clients do that? So there's, there's a couple pieces to that. And, and one, one of the things is sometimes the way you figure out what you want is to identify first what you know you don't want, right? So one thing that these women are very good at doing is telling me, like, this is what they've done to me this is what you know the asshole like I hear that so much like that asshole did to me and they're very concrete about like I did not like x y and z so that doesn't inform necessarily like okay so instead of x y z what do you want but at least that's a, a, a good concrete place to start so okay so let's identify the things that we know you have experienced in most cases, multiple times that you know are not fulfilling. It is not what you, when you think about a long-term relationship, that that's not like, that does not light you up thinking about dealing with these issues. And then the other piece to that is a lot of times these women, and this is going to sound kind of funny, and when I say this, people kind of push back a little bit initially, but a lot of times they don't really know themselves. Like, and I don't mean, when I say they don't know themselves, I don't mean like they don't know that they prefer chocolate cake to vanilla cake. I mean like they do not know. They haven't taken the time to look really deep and think about like what are their core values? Like what are the, the values that they are, are most important to them? Is it family? Is it stability? Like, what is it? And if you don't know that, like, Mr. Wright could be standing right in front of you and you won't recognize him because you don't, you haven't identified that those are the things that you really need to feel fulfilled in a relationship. So knowing yourself is the first step in knowing what you need and want in your relationships. And yeah, that can be knowing, a little bit challenging, you know, yeah. to figure that out. Because a lot of times 
the truth of who we really are, we cover it in so many different faces, like our professional face or our family face or our, you know, mommy face or daughter face. And so finding that true foundation, like you said, your core values, what is it that you really, you know, ride or die, stand by, non-negotiable, that is important because that, you're right, that's what's going to connect with Mr. Right. So when your clients finally, you know, do that work, which can take a while, and it's, it's courageous to do that work, number one, because not everybody can do it or does do it in life. Um, but once they do that hard work and they have your support and they've got that safe space, and let's say they find someone that they're starting to date, how do you help them not go back into those old patterns? Because habits are hard to break. And when you've been doing a pattern for so long, sometimes it's, you don't even realize that you're going into it again. So how do you help them not go back to those old patterns? Yeah. And, th and that can be really difficult because when we feel uncomfortable, we do tend to revert back to the things that are safe, even if they haven't served us very well. Like safe does not equal happy or fulfilled, but that, that does tend to be like, and I think we all do it when we feel like we're not in a safe space, we kind of fall back on the things that, you know, are comfortable to us. So, you know, accountability is really part of that. Like as they're starting to venture out into like looking into like the, the dating scene again, helping them navigate when they feel that uncomfortable, like, like boundaries, boundaries tend to be something that show up with almost every client, almost without fail, the women that I work with tend to really struggle to have, to set any kind of boundary, which can be really disastrous, honestly, in a relationship. If you, you know, I mean, a boundary is nothing but more than like a limit that you're setting with other people. And it's also letting other people know what they can expect from you, right? So if you can't do that, like you're just leaving yourself wide open for people to take advantage or push you or, you know, do things you're not comfortable with. But so it's kind of helping them when they start to slip back, having someone be like, Hey, let's wait a minute. This does, doesn't this feel familiar? Like, let's talk about this. Like, yeah, red flag, red flag. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So it's, it's sometimes it's literally just being that support and saying, okay, wait, we're, we're getting into that territory, like you're starting to backslide. So let's talk about like, what would a boundary look like here? How can you enforce a boundary in a way that you feel comfortable with, right? Because as women, we're really kind of encouraged to take care of everyone else before ourselves, right? Like we're, it's, it's a good trait in women that we, we give and we're caretakers. And when we put our foot down and put ourselves first, like that's often we're kind of criticized when we do that. Um, but that's yeah. really part of finding these relationships, these, these successful relationships is you have to be able to set some of those boundaries. So just being an accountability person and kind of helping them when they start to backslide, keeping them aware and helping them fight through those kind of self-limiting beliefs that tend to come back right? Like we don't overcome those beliefs, especially if we've, if we've had them our whole life, we don't overcome them in a month or two. Like that's, that's work that we have to keep doing. Yeah. So, that's, a journey. that's a journey. Yeah. So it's just, it's really just about being, helping them with accountability, giving them additional support and just helping them be more self-aware 
as they're putting themselves into those situations where, you know, in previous situations, they've had trouble. Yeah. And it, the work you do is so important because a lot of people try to do it themselves. And I think that, you know, when you're in it, it's really hard to see from from an objective standpoint. And so when you have someone with radical honesty, who's going to give you the feedback <laughs> in the moment, like, hey, let's call you out on this and help you to learn how to tolerate different things. Because, you know, when you're implementing a new boundary, it's really about changing what you tolerate. And that can feel really scary. I remember the first hard, well, challenging conversation I had with my husband where I was standing up for myself for the first time. I wasn't used to it. It felt awkward. I felt like, oh my gosh, is, is everything going to just be devastated now? It's really scary. And then once you do it successfully, you get reinforced and you want to keep doing it because it feels really good to, to be you know, strong and empowered and to stand up for yourself. And then people respond to that. Um, which is so important. So changing what you tolerate and implementing new boundaries is key. But I think that, and I just think this in general, you need someone to sort of walk that journey with you because it's really challenging to do that yourself. Not that it's impossible, but it's challenging to do that yourself. So I think that that is an amazing part of the work that you do, which um, do you find a lot of resistance or do, do the women sort of get excited when they see the new changes and, you know, find these new relationships? You know, th there is a mixture of responses because like you said, putting those boundaries in place can be really uncomfortable. And the reality is that if they are not good at putting a boundary in place in a romantic relationship, that is like, that shows up other, that's showing up other places too. Um, you know, a lot of times they have poor work boundaries or they have, you know, family of origin boundary issues. So most people that have boundary, you know, struggles, it's not just in that one area. And it, and it can feel very uncomfortable when you start putting those boundaries in place because the people that you have not had boundaries with in the past don't typically just like oh, yay, you're going to suddenly have a boundary with me? Like, if right. they've been taking advantage of you or walking all over you because you've had no boundaries and then suddenly you have a boundary, guess what? People don't like it. Right. You know, They're you might like, have oh, hey, uh, your or your brother. Great. Yes. <laughs> They're going to so, fight you on it. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there's often a real mix. Like, part of it is like, yes, there's some excitement. Like, hey, I do have some control. Like, I don't have to tolerate this behavior that, you know, has been a problem for me, but there's also a lot of fear, a lot of, I would call it, there's growth, but it's uncomfortable growth, right? And like, sometimes I think the best growth is a little uncomfortable because it means that we're really challenging ourselves. We're really pushing ourselves. So that's why I feel like, yes, you can, some people are able to do this on their own, but it is so much easier if you have somebody that's kind of holding your hand and supporting you through it. Yeah, like, so that when the accountability it, and the space, yes. I think, you know, a lot of people don't have that safe space to sort of go there and go deep into that. And when you have someone who can walk that journey with you, it does go a little bit faster, but also you get that additional layer of support and it sort of boosts your empowerment, your confidence as well. Exactly. So, what are your like top tips like in terms of well not tips what are your like when you're talking with women who healthy relationships are new 
how do you help them sort of understand what they should be looking for? Like, what does a healthy relationship look like? What should they be seeking? Yeah. So, and that, and that is definitely a challenge because if you've never, if you've never had a healthy relationship and especially if you've not seen one, and I think that that's pretty common. I mean, me personally, like growing up, I did not have good relationship role models at all. So I get it. (laughs) I, you know, I get it that, you know, sometimes the only thing we really know is that we don't want that, right? Like we, whatever we saw as, as kids, we're like, okay, I don't know how to do it right, but I know I don't want to do that. Um, and again, that's, at least that's a place to start. Right. Um, but so a lot of it is recognizing and, and this is, this is difficult sometimes because a lot of the women I work with, I would argue are almost like a lot of their relationships, relationships are almost like emotional abuse, like some of the stuff that they tolerate. Um, but if you tell them that there's a, there's a lot of pushback because I think in, in society in general, we tend to have very kind of set ideas of like what abuse looks like. And, you know, I've had a lot of women say like, you know, when I say, when I kind of like, oh, that feels like I, I, you know, I'm worried about you. Like the situation seems like it's really unhealthy, you know, almost, you know, maybe like he's, you know, being, you know, verbally abusive, they, they they push back. Well, he's never hit me. And so I think that we tend to kind of equate abuse with there being like a physical interaction, but. Yeah, there's a stigma to it as well. Like, you know, yeah, Being, nobody wants to admit that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that they're that they're in a relationship and that they're tolerant, you know, that they that they haven't left. Because right. that's the other thing. Like how many times do you hear people say, like, well, if he's smacking you around, like, why don't you leave? Most right. people don't understand that it's very difficult to leave those situations. Most of the time those women have been isolated from friends and family, and you know, there's a financial control going on and and also those limiting to, beliefs that you talked about, like those patterns and those, those limiting beliefs and their sense of worth and self, that plays yes. into it as well. Oh my gosh, so much. And, and of course, an, a real abuser knows that and they absolutely, you know, use that kind of like just tearing their self-esteem apart to keep them there, right? Like no one else would ever want you or whatever. So, so yeah, so a lot of these women really have no idea what a healthy relationship looks like. And so we start, you know, we start like from like the beginning, like what is a red flag? You know, like what are some red flags that in the past you've ignored, you know? So we, we look at, because the, the red flags that one woman ignores might be very different from someone, someone else. So that can be very individual. So we kind of look at, okay, what's been going wrong up to this point? Let's pick those things apart because typically if we identify the things that you've kind of been tolerating in these previous relationships that did not serve you, that gives me a, that gives me kind of the idea of what do I need to teach? Is it a boundary issue? Is it, you know, is it a, uh, you know, some women really kind of lean into the jealousy and control because they feel like if they, if it's not intense, it's not love. So they don't even recognize, you know, what healthy, like love feels like. So it, it really is. Well, and that intensity can also be stimulating for some women. I mean, I know some women who sort of get off on that, you know, yeah. it's not that intense, deep, emotional, chaotic feeling. It can't be love then, you know? Right. And that, that can, I mean, and you know, I used to be like that 
it, in my much younger years, like if there was no chaos, I, it was boring. And that was, but that was my trauma coming through from, because I, you know, I grew up in a household with domestic violence. So that's what I saw. Like, it's what, you, it's what you know. It's all in child relationships. And so, yeah, so that was, that was my experience too, initially. So yeah, I really, it really, the lesson changes with the client because it really depends on like what are their patterns specifically that are getting them in trouble and how do we break those patterns? But, but all, all of the clients I work with, we kind of cover some of the same things. And again, it's like boundaries and, and things like that and healthy patterns like reciprocal respect and, you know, things that sometimes they're like, what? Like, I don't, you know, they, they don't, they're, they're clueless to that, that, Hey, well, it's a new concept. Right. Like you should like, it's, or, you know, even now I wouldn't say true sexual assault, but like this feeling that like, once they get in a relationship, they no longer have autonomy over their bodies. You know, just, there's a lot of issues. A lot and, of dynamics and dimension to it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So it's really individual. You know, I mean, I I like that because, you know, everybody's different. Everybody comes from a different place, has different histories, like you said, and will manifest that in a different way as well. Um, If you could, though, is there like a top three or sort of consistent red flags that you do see that you can share with our listeners that maybe they can look out for? Yeah, sure. And actually, um, one of the things that I'm creating is a a little I'm, I'm creating a freebie. And so you I'll I'll definitely provide it for your listeners if they want it. Some definite red flags, how you can tell that you should be running in the other direction when these things show up. But that'd be awesome. And I'll put a link in the show notes um, so that you guys can go and get that. Yeah. So um, I would say one of the red flags would be that you are doing all of the initiating in the relationship. So, you know, I, I see this a lot with my women that tell me, oh, all the guys I date are emotionally unavailable. It's like, no, they're not. They're just not that into you. And you can tell that if, if you are the only person, you know, if you're the only one in the relationship that's sending those texts or making the plans or making the calls, um, people make time for the things that are a priority for them. Oh, say that again. Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) People make time for things that are the priority for them. Yes. So, you know, if they are, you know, we're all busy, right? Like that's the reality. We're all busy. We've all got lives, but we all make time for the things that matter. And if they are consistently telling you that they're too busy or they, you know, they don't have time. What they're saying is not that they don't have time. They don't have time for you. Yeah, you're not top so, of the priority list. Exactly. And, you know, especially, you know, I've talked to a lot of them like, oh, he only calls me when he wants a booty call. I'm like, well, like, what do you think that means? You know? I don't train him to do that, you know? Exactly. And, you know, and every time you let something like that happen, you're reinforcing the behavior. Every time you let something like that happen and there's no, and you don't do anything about it, like, you're just basically telling them it's okay to treat me like this. Like, go ahead, treat me like an option. And I always say this, you teach people how to treat you. And if you don't give them a consequence, then why would they even think to not do it again? If you're allowing it, you're teaching them that that's okay. 
Ex oh, yes, exactly. I tell, that's why I tell my clients all the time that we, you know, we send very clear messages by the things that we allow to happen. And when we don't, and you know, it's, you can say you have a boundary around something, but if the person breaches your boundary and you don't do anything about it, guess what? It's not a real boundary. Yeah. My you husband know? taught me something very, very key um, because I'm, I'm very verbal and communicative and my love language is, you know, acts, uh, words of affirmation. And he said, he would continually say this in the beginning of our marriage. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do, because I'm looking at what you do, not what you say. And that was so hard for me to come to terms with because I'm such a verbal person that if you tell me something, I'm going to believe you till you prove me wrong. But for him, it was, you're going to, I'm thinking you're wrong until you prove me right. Until you. So like, basically he gives people an F when he meets them and I give people an A. <laughs> so he's waiting for them to earn the A and I'm like, oh, you have an A until you show me that you did, you know, you messed up and you go for a B or C or D or F. But it's the behavior that people really believe versus what you say. Yeah, that's, and that's really true. I mean, and, and it's funny because in some ways I think we might be married to the same man. Um, <laughs> my husband is also definitely like one of those <laughs> who he's not very verbal. Now, and I don't know if he gives people an F when he meets them, but he's definitely about show me, don't tell me, show me. And I, I think as women, we do tend to give people a pass, right? Like, we want to believe the best and we want to, you know, we, we don't like conflict. A lot of women really are uncomfortable with conflict. And so we tend to give people a pass. And that would be probably tip number two. If you are constantly having to make excuses for a person's behavior, you need to be running in the other direction because I'm not, obviously like we're all human. We're all, none of us are perfect. We're all imperfect beings, but when you find yourself always having to excuse bad behavior, that, that tells me two things. Number one, like, like why are you saying it's okay for this bad behavior? But two, that tells me that these, this behavior, they're not sorry about it because you're making an excuse for them. They're not, they're not owning their behavior and saying, oops, like this was a mistake. Like you're excusing And they're repeating it. it. They're not changing it. Exactly. Exactly. So if someone keeps doing bad things and you keep making excuses, it's time to really ask yourself, why? Why are you making excuses for this person? And top tip number three, I'm trying, I'm trying to just really pick good ones here because I've got so, so many, but probably top tip number three. Oh, I got a good one. Top tip number three is if all of their exes are crazy, if they tell you all their exes are crazy, that's a hmm, because what's the common denominator here, right? Especially if it's a guy who, talk, who tends to talk about, oh, my girlfriends, they're hysterical, they're crazy, that misogynistic kind of talk, you know, where, you know, they don't, aren't, you know, like if a woman's upset, it must mean she's hysterical, right? Like that it's always is, them. It's never him. Like, hmm. exactly. Right. So when there's, and, and, you know, and really that you can flip that around. Like, cause I say, and this is what I tell my clients, like, okay, you tell me that all you date is assholes, but who's the common denominator here? Like, I'm not saying that they aren't bad guys, but like, why, why are they, all, why are you surround? Like, really, is it that you're just surrounded by only men that are terrible? Or is this something that you're somehow drawing in? 
So you can kind of flip it around, but yeah, if, if every ex they've ever had is crazy and, you know, was the problem in the relationship, that's a big red flag too. Like we all have some part in why our relationships don't work. And if a person is always blaming someone else and never taking any responsibility for their own actions, huge red flag. Get the hell yeah. out. <laughs> and that sort of loops back to what you were talking about in the beginning about, you know, asking yourself, what are you contributing? And so I love that. And we're, we're, we're almost at an hour, if you can believe it. <laughs> oh my gosh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I, you know, I just want to recap because, and I think this is an episode um, that people should listen to again and again, because there's so many different layers of such wisdom that you, that you talked about. Um, but one thing that stood out for me also in your radical honesty that you give your clients, which I think is such a gift, and I'm going to keep saying because I love it, the radical honesty. <laughs> um, part of that is helping them to ask new questions of themselves. Like, you, you, you know, why are you tolerating this? That might be a new question. And, you know, asking what are my core values? What are my boundaries? Why am I tolerating that? Those are all new questions that they might be asking themselves, which is so important to figure out what you really want, especially like you said, at least for me. And, and as you said, you know, when you don't have an example of that from your past and you're sort of creating this new thing, asking those new questions to get a real specific vision or picture of that um, is really helpful. So I love that. I love the, the top three tips. I know you have a whole bunch more and I'm, I'm, I might even, I'm already married and I have relationships, but I think, you know, it might be helpful to, for me to get the freebie too. So <laughs> I might have to go pick that up. Um, so just in closing, what are sort of some closing thoughts or some things that you feel are really important for the listeners to know in regards to relationships? So in closing, you know, I think you know, we, the focus that what we've talked about has been around relationships, but really there's so much more to the work that I'm doing because when a woman figures this stuff out about herself, when she, you know, learns how to set these boundaries, when she, you know, identifies her core values, when she starts to break free from some of these patterns she lights up and not just in her romantic relationships. This is like growth and change that really touches like every part of her life, her friendships, her professional life. Like this is, yes, like the goal, you know, most of the clients that I work with, like their goal is like, you know, they've, they've had crappy relationships and they really want to find that one, but they get so much more out of it. Like this is a whole life transformation not just a relationship transformation so i love that it permeates through your whole life and it's a journey i love yes, that exactly and you know when and when you grow like that and when you you really can embrace your the love that you have for yourself and you can embrace your your own worth like that you are unstoppable you know that is so powerful and such a gift to give yourself to, you know, to Absolutely. allow yourself to experience that empowerment part of you and that best version of yourself, you know, that is such a gift. Oh, I love it. I love the work you're doing. I love what all that you've said in this episode. It is such a great, um, powerful message that you're bringing and that you're helping your clients, you know, sort of realize themselves. Where can people find you if they want more of you or if they want to sign up and work with you or sort of get more of your stuff? Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. I'm, it's her relationship coach. 
I'm on Facebook. Um, you can find me just Shannon Corn on Facebook. I will, I will actually go ahead and I'll provide you with my calendar link. I do free discovery calls where we talk a little bit about what has been a block for you and figure out if we are, would be a good fit. And, you know, and that's typically um, the first step if someone wanted to do one-on-one -on -one work with me. Um, so yeah, and I'll also, like I said, I'll also get you that, the, uh, the link for the freebie so people can sign up to get that freebie. And then you can also, you'll also be on my mailing list so you can get my newsletters and good stuff like that so we can stay in touch. That is awesome and so generous of you, by the way. So thank you. I know my listeners are going to just gobble up all the value and I will put all of the links to everything that you said um, in the show notes. So it'll be really easy to find for people. And I'm just so grateful that you had the time and we're so gracious to, to come onto the show and just share all that you did. It's so valuable and needed. And I'm just so grateful that I could bring this to my audience. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I had a great time. I, I'm sure you can tell I could talk about this all night. This is definitely my passion. So thank you so much for having me and letting me talk to your audience tonight. I love it. I love it. And listeners, as I always say, keep walking. Your destiny is worth it. And if you keep walking, you'll meet your destiny. And on the journey, always, always choose gratitude. Thank you.